Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast today. I hope you enjoy it. But first, I want to ask you a question. Are you someone who has high upside potential in your business and yet sometimes that goal is just hard to get to and maybe the only way you've seen to get to it is just to make more calls, you know, work harder? Well, if you're fed up with using old strategies to solve new problems, then I might have a solution. It's my five-day million-dollar seller challenge. We meet one hour a day in a coaching intensive where I will teach you five moves that you can make to scale your results without working harder. To learn more, click the link in the show notes or go to milliondollarsellerchallenge.com. On today's podcast, I have a special guest, Jason Leister, who publishes the Daily Journal at incomparableexpert.org. I think you'll find this conversation very interesting. Are you ready? Then brace yourself. Let's go. It's time for the Bill Kasky Podcast, a weekly show carefully crafted to help you grow your skills and your results in business. Now, here's your host, Bill Kasky. That was a terrible imitation of Artie Johnson. Very interesting. I was going to put that in here, but I couldn't find a good copy of it. Anyway, Jason Leister is my guest today, and I want to tell you a bit about Jason. But first, go to BillKasky.com. If you have not downloaded your copy of the Sales Game Changer Guide, it's free. There's no obligation other than you give me your email address, and I'll send it to you. And, and... There are three training videos that I think are worth the price of the damn thing. Oh, wait a minute. It's free. So grab the Sales Game Changer Guide. Go to BillCaskey.com. It's in a prominent place there on the website. Also, if you have not subscribed to this podcast, what the heck are you waiting for? I've got great guests coming up. I'm going to, probably the month of April, we're going to get back to doing some serious teaching, but I wanted to take a break from teaching and give you some, what I would consider really top-notch experts to help you in your business and in your personal life as well. So that's coming back in April. So if you have not subscribed, subscribe to make sure you do not miss anything. Here's my interview with Jason Leister. I've been following Jason, as I said in the first part of this interview, for a long time. He writes a daily uh, journal, an email newsletter at incomparableexpert.org. I highly suggest if you do not subscribe, you go subscribe to it. He's an excellent writer and he's an excellent thinker. And here's my interview with Jason Leister. I am uh, really blessed to have Jason Leister on today. Jason hails from Sedona, Arizona, and he writes a daily journal. You can find out more about him in the journal at incomparableexpert.org. I have followed Jason for the last, I don't know, five or six years, and we've reached out to each other occasionally and had some conversation. I've purchased several of his programs, and uh, the reason I'm having him on is because I think he has something really special and valuable that, that transcends sales and marketing. It goes a lot deeper than that, although we are going to talk about the sales and marketing approach. But uh, first off, Jason, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm uh, happy that you put up with my rantings for so long. <laughs> <laughs> it took me five years, I finally, finally made the call. <laughs> Five-year selling cycle. Huh? We can yes. all win at that. Yes. Uh, so tell me first, how, how did you uh, get to where you are? Give me a little bit of your background, you know, not not every job necessarily, but you, you had a, you, there's a, a reinvention that constantly happens with you and you've gone oh, through yeah. some issues. So give me, uh, give me the last four or five segments of your life to bring us up to speed today. Sure. Uh, the first half of my life was uh, as a classical musician, actually, I 
you know, started playing piano very young, went to college to major in pipe organ performance, probably up there with one of the the less practical, but, you know, interesting uh, routes to take. And I got through with that, got the job out of school, wasn't really equipped to navigate politically uh, organizations like I was working in and realized that, wow, I worked so hard and is this it? And so just, I've always been interested in business, but I had no reason to do it nor know how to do it uh, during the music years. So I uh, began where so many business journeys begin, which is struggling through the world of network marketing. (laughs) (laughs) Needless to say, I spent a lot of money, learned a ton, while obviously that's not my thing. Uh, I'm very thankful for the door that it opened to growing myself, basically, as a way to develop the skills to direct my own life. I dabbled in web design. I started doing tech consulting. I realized maybe there's a way to be on the um, you know income producing side of the ledger rather than on the expense side as it was in tech consulting. I'm always enamored with the idea of taking an idea that's in you putting it out there in the world through various broadcasting mechanisms and watching things happen because of it. And so my wife, we met in school. She was an oboe player in symphonies, Broadway shows. She made reeds, these little things that they have to make by hand to play their instrument. And so we started an oboe reed business online probably in 2001. And that's where I got my hands dirty and started to figure out everything really selling not having money, having money, mindset, how to write to people, like all of it. I just bumbled through and here we are. I can see, I can, I can't see the um, pipe organ coming through in your writing, (laughs) but I can, I can see, I can tell when someone has figured things out and you have figured out writing. You're a very good writer. I don't need to tell you that. In fact, my audience who subscribes to his newsletter will find that it's a very well written and that and that's a rare that's a rare and valuable skill is just being able to put words into into sentences that are compelling and so you've really done that so i can see how a lot of your background has led to where you are today it's really good well, thank you yeah i mean i think the music stuff contributes in that business from my perspective is one of the best pays paid ways to be able to be creative in service of others and so you know, with music, I felt like I had something to say, you know, something to say that transcended what I was trying to accomplish. And so I basically just took that and found a more practical vehicle for raising a big family and, you know, providing for the life that we want and channeled it this way. You know, I, uh, sometimes my friends who have had kids in college who, who wanted to major in psychology and they always say, well, what are you going to do with a major in psychology? And of course that was my major. So I get very defensive. And I say, well, what else could be more practical today than a major? I mean, but pipe organ, I'm not sure I would probably have that same. Well, of course, what could be more practical pipe organ? Well, I mean, I think the things that, that I discovered then were no amount of fear and stress in terms of, you know, when you would get up to perform that anxiety, like ultimately you still lived, right? So (laughs) no matter how bleak it felt, you could move through it, which makes a lot of things that in the business world that people are scared of seem like non-issues to me. But then also I think there's a great 
benefit to our world for mixing things that people say should not go together. Music, business, art, enterprise, like all these things we are told kind of exist in these silos. And I was a very well-trained sheep. I got straight A's. I did what I was told. So I didn't really have the critical thinking ability then to look at my music and say, how could I make this mine and still be successful? I was just following the rules. Obviously, I've given that up. (laughs) (laughs) You have. So let's get into some of your philosophy, because I think that's uh, that's where I'd like to go with this is I I look at I look at you and your writings and and without trying to put you in a silo. I I think you have a business philosophy that that coalesces closely with your life philosophy. So let's talk about this whole idea of marketing, selling, building your platform, whatever, whatever name you want to put to it. Tell me a little bit about what your philosophy is on, on customer acquisition. Maybe that's what we can call it. Just give me a, a couple notes. And then I want to take a couple of your newsletter, your daily journals and, and read some things that I found extremely compelling than have you comment, but give, give me an overview yeah. of your, of your sales and marketing philosophy. It's pretty simple. And uh, it took me a while to realize that all these artificial boxes that we've created in our mind, sales, sales versus marketing, um, things we can do for money, things we can't do for money. They're all largely made up, right? But we are, as humans, we're kind of self-fulfilling prophecies. So if we take that in as truth, we tend to manifest it in various ways. We show ourselves that it's true because we're projecting to the outside what's inside of us. Mm-hmm. Remember, I live in Sedona, so this <laughs> may or may not sound weird to people, but I've proven this to be true for me. And so when it comes to sales and marketing, ultimately, I think we're all here to fully be ourselves. And most of what we've experienced through childhood, teenage years works against not only our understanding of that or discovery of that, but also our free expression of that. So in my world, I've named it the world of the incomparable expert. Number one, if you're going to be effective out there, it's best to figure out who you are. And I mean that on like, a deep level. Like, do you understand why your spirit is on this plane and what you are uniquely prepared to add to the world? From there, selling and marketing, I forget which year I realized this, but I don't like asking people for things. And my personal experience, you know, I was a car salesman for like three and a half months, (laughs) was that I didn't excel at rushing up to people and saying, I have this amazing thing. Let me tell you about it type of approach. Yeah. Things only ever worked for me the other way around. I had to be somewhere where I was seen, where someone approached me and then things worked out. And so it occurred to me one day that selling, I kind of gave up that idea altogether in favor of the idea of serving people, the right people. And if I was going to serve them, first of all, they'd have to know about me. So I'd have to somehow be out there in a visible way, not asking people for anything, but actually giving to them first. And in a way that I could be giving to way more people than I could ever actually work with. And that led to my thoughts around, you know, the whole media platform idea, which is no different than marketing 1995, except that I've done a lot of thinking behind it, that let's say you have an email newsletter. I mean, an email newsletter isn't a way to send stuff to people. It's a way to demonstrate everything about you. So it's like this microcosmic little vehicle 
that you had better well think through pretty carefully about what goes in there and how that's crafted and the ideas that can get communicated both overtly and subtly over time, because it is kind of your calling card and you can communicate at very deep levels with people over longer periods of time. If there's clarity about what's coming through that channel, you know, obviously this got me thinking, well, I can't do this at a level of mastery to every human on on the planet because the context of every human is so different. You know, we're told target market, stuff like that. You know, I, I haven't chosen like a niche to serve because frankly, the idea of helping the same people do the same things every day makes me want to jump off a bridge. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I simply focused on solving problems common to business owners who look very different on the outside, all different shapes and sizes. And so selling kind of got redefined in my book from something that you do to people to something that you engineer by providing for them all the raw materials required for them to do it to themselves, which is a completely different approach. Although my experience is the higher the price tag of the things you're offering gets and the more qualified or successful your buyer becomes as those things increase, the more and more effective this approach is. Well, also, I think that when you look at when I look at the top one percenters, the people who are in the five hundred thousand and above, I think there's a there's just a knack that they have for doing exactly what you're talking about. Maybe not in terms of building a platform, but when they show up to a prospect's office, they don't show up in a convince and persuade mode. Right. They show up in a how can I help you? What what can I do? What are some of the issues? And I think there's a natural tendency after you've quote made it unquote and you kind of are at the top of your game. The question is, well, wait a minute. Why do we have to wait 30 years until we're at the top of our game? Can't we do this? And of course, the answer is yes, which we'll get into. Can't we do this when we're 25 or 28 or 30? And of course, we can, but not if we have listened to all the traditional sales BS about you got to convince them, you got to hammer them down, you got to close them, here's your target audience, go go crush it, go bring it home. All that garbage that really just creates resistance on the part of the prospect. Why would we want to create the resistance on the people who we're looking to attract? It never, it never made sense to me. Well, and this is where my dividing line between business and life has disappeared. Because in life, I think coercion and manipulation at any level for any reason is wrong. And in business, it's no different. Why would I treat someone I truly said I cared about in any, at any level this way? I would never sit around and, and, you know, take being treated like that myself. So I certainly am not going to dish it out. No, this is where that digging into who you really are is important because most of those actions are simply done out of fear. The fear the salesperson has of it's not going to work out. I'm not going to get mine. I'm not going to pay the bills. I'm not going to make it. He's going to say, no, they're going to kick me out. Like all of those things are fear and you are actually creating those obstacles. And then people are writing books about how to deal with those obstacles, like objections that you've created. Exactly. Exactly. So it's a big mess. And underlying all this is the realization that you are way more powerful than anyone has ever led you to believe. Because if you have the power to craft a situation like that, with endless obstacles, all built around your fear of not getting enough, then you have the power to craft something totally different. And that's where all this like kind of internal introspective work. I mean, it's really work. It's way harder than reading a book. 
If you want more Caskey, go to BillCaskey.com and you can get on his list or set up a time to speak live. And make sure you share this episode with your tribe too. 